Hi, you're listening to After Dinner Conversations, short stories for long discussions. What that means is we get short stories, we select those short stories, and then we discuss them specifically about the ethics and the morality of the choices the characters and the situations put us in. Uh, why did you do this? What makes you do this? What makes us good people? What's the nature of truth, goodness, all of that sort of stuff? Uh, and hopefully we're all better, smarter people for it and, uh, and learn a little bit about why we think the way we think. So thank you for listening. Welcome back again to the social distancing edition of After Dinner Conversations, short stories for long discussions. I am your co-host, Colby, with uh, co-host Ashley. Hello. And hi, I am Jeremy. There you go, and Jeremy. And so we are all set uh, to go. In case you're joining us for the first time, After Dinner Conversation is short stories for long discussions. What that means is you read the story that After Dinner Conversation puts out. We put out short stories every week. Uh, you then uh, come to the podcast. You listen to the podcast. Uh, ideally, you've read the story. You talk to your friends. You know, you buy the book. You like, subscribe. You tell your friends. Uh, and all of your greatest wishes come true. Uh, I think that's how it works. Um, and so, yeah. Oh, also, we do have a writing contest going on right now, as well as an uh, ebook and paperback book out. Uh, for season one, which is our 25, I believe, uh, best stories from season one. Although we are now in season two, so we're now talking about stories that will eventually be out in book two. Uh, although they're also available online and everywhere right now. Just do a search for After Dinner Conversation. It'll all make sense. Okay, so uh, we've got a new story, Jeremy. Uh, what is the, what is it? The Book of Approved yeah. Words. Who wrote this The thing? Book you know? of Approved Words. I see why you gave me this one for the intro, because you can't pronounce this name either. Uh, W-N no. Pinton? P-I-E. Yeah, I don't know. Pinton? W-N okay. Pinton. So it's a Book of Approved Words. Um, it's a pretty short story, but I liked it. Um, basically, it's about an author, an approved author in a dystopian society. Um, who goes through a couple of, you know, just a couple of days of trying to write, um, basically writing movie reviews, um, has to go to the, the Bureau of Approved Words to get everything approved, um, to pick up the new dictionary, which they're, they're just calling the, uh, I don't know, the, the Book of Approved Words. Um, and, you know, as part of this, uh, he meets his brother, who's, you know, uh, a a dropout from society because he's uh, been banned from writing and is working f uh, with a, a group to, uh, I guess, overthrow this dystopian society. And, um, and they basically have a plan to publish a dictionary. So it's just, it's a really short day in the life of this approved author and uh, his leaving the society. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's really, did it remind you a little bit of 1984? Ashley and I were talking about that. She has not read 1984 and I'm really pushing her. Yeah. To read it. it makes me want to read and it. And a little bit now. of, uh, Brazil. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. Uh, very similar. I did not. Really similar idea of just this dystopian society where, um, books are banned, words are banned. Uh, yeah, it definitely had that feel to it. Yeah. So, Jeremy, you, you, I'm curious on your take on this. I've got, definitely got my own. Before we get into the whole thing, why do you think the idea of banned words comes up so often in sort of dystopian science fiction literature? Um, it's just because you – I don't know. that The whole idea that 
if you ban these words and people aren't using these words, then it makes people nicer to each other, easier to control. Okay. You know, a little two sides of that. Easier to control thought. Right. Easier to control thought if people aren't using words that are, or ideas that are scary to the totalitarian regime. Sure. And so this time, so like in 1984 or in, you know, Fahrenheit 451 or all of the various book banning, probably Brazil, usually it's um, related to keeping dissonance, you know, dis- discontent right. at bay, right? Like you remove the word for democracy, you remove the word for freedom, you remove the word for uh, whatever. That's not really what they're doing here, though, which I thought was an interesting take. They're doing, it's, it's, a, it's a more uh, millennial version of removing words. Did you notice the words they were removing? Well, like plethora. Like, um, yeah, and Easter and uh, uh, retarded was another one that was removed from the dictionary, which at least for me, I don't know if you got this, Ashley, it led me to believe that it wasn't about stopping. I mean, maybe it also was about stopping, um, you know, people from being unhappy with the government, but it was also just about creating a more PC place, like a place where, where, uh, where everyone, you know, got a, got a participant prize and, you know, got a, yeah. So I I definitely talked about the participant medal problems before. I did definitely. No one's feelings get hurt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I, I did get the vibe. It's the, the PC controlled words kind of scenario where it's, you, they just want to be politically correct about everything and not say things that are offensive. Um, so, yes, totally right. get that. Yeah, and I thought that was uh, a take on it I had not seen before, which I thought was really interesting because, like, I remember when the Starbucks cup thing came out, which is a war on Christmas, uh, you know, but nobody nobody worries about the stuff on the bottom of the, um, the In-N-Out cups. Right. The drink cups. That it's not. It's not like it's a war on atheism. There's never they a war on little, atheism. They have little. Uh, for those that don't know, on In and Out, um, on bottom of their cups and on the bottom of their packaging, they usually have like the proverbs, the snippet of a verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah like John three sixteen. Yeah. Or whatever. But they're able to do that because they're a private company. The same way Hobby Lobby is able to, um, you know, not offer contraceptives. I think in their not pay for their, contraceptives uh, in their healthcare, healthcare package. Right, right. It's a private company. You don't have to work there. Uh, it's not that the government is instituting it. And so I think it's the same idea here. Um, and so I thought that was an interesting take in the sense that it wasn't, you know, in the 1950s and 60s when 1984 came out, the big fear was about, uh, you know, are we going to start to limit people's thought against government freedoms? And now it seems like this story is reflecting that the bigger fear is, are we going to limit people's thoughts because it just offends other people, not that it offends the government. I thought that was a really cool take on this. Well, kind of going off of that, how many times were books allowed just even a decade ago and it was the parents who were upset because it has one word in it. So the parents were the uprising and saying, we don't want our kids learning about this book. Um, So it's easy to say, oh, it's the government imposing this. But what if this was a movement started by parents in school saying we don't want our kids reading this book because it has this one word into it, Uh, which is a story about that, which is what we're kind of seeing more and more. Uh, And it, it transfers over even just from 
from from reading one of one of my friends her daughter was going to school and they were going to dissect a cat and she was appalled because she was appalled not because her daughter was her daughter wasn't appalled uh from from what i understand no okay. she was just so disturbed that this was even a thing there's our <laughs> cat if you guys are watching on youtube jeremy's got his kitty yeah. uh we miss being at Lagatara and tempe so um they're closed down right now with the stay-at-home orders. But um, but anyway, that's another example of uh, wanting to shut something down because it's offensive to one person or a group mm -hmm. of people. Whereas, is it really that offensive? What what by eliminating this? What are you trying to eliminate? I guess that's really what it comes down to. So in that case of your your friend's cat dissection, mom cat dissection thing, what was the mom's complaint? It was just so disturbing that they're doing it on, on a, a, I think just on a cat, which is like supposed to be loved and there's so many emotional attachments that we have to cats. And then secondly, that it was forced upon her daughter. Now, if I, I remember when I was in high school and we had to do that, if you were seriously opposed, you could do more of a like workbook yeah. way around it. It's not nearly as cool. Yeah. My rebuttal was you might be disturbed by this, but this might, uh, don't, don't knock it until you've tried it. Like let her daughter have a chance for me. Uh, I remember doing this my sophomore year of high school. This opened up my world to medicine. Uh, there really is something different about actually, um, working hands on. And for me, I was like, listen, the cat's not anymore dead. Your daughter using it for scientific purposes isn't going to like make it come back to life. Like it's already dead. Like you're not, she's not going to make it more dead. She's not the one mutilating it. Or they didn't kill the cat for the thing. It died on its own accord somehow. Well, I mean the fact that I, I don't know the history of it, but you would at least hope so that they're using cats that were donated that had passed away. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So it, it becomes this, what are you trying to do by eliminating it? Who are you trying to protecting? Are you trying to protect your own like disgust? Because you didn't like it. Just because you didn't like it doesn't mean other people will. So just yeah. because you were offended by one word doesn't mean other people are. So it's not or, that she thought that there wasn't value in dissecting a cat. She was just offended that cats were being dissected. I don't think she saw there was value. Why can't you just do it in, t I think it was both. I think why okay. can't we just do it in a textbook? Why do you have to do it hands-on? And I'll yeah. tell you from, at least from my experience, nothing beats the, the hands-on um, yeah. experience. Yeah. Jeremy, are there... So, uh, I don't know how what other implications. That was just my yeah. example yeah. of how to transfer this from words to other situations. Jeremy, so, so your daughter is about to, your second daughter, about to graduate from high school. Is there any parent-teacher slip that... Uh, that ever gave you pause to sign? Oh, no. Not, none of the stuff they've done has been... Uh, <laughs> risque. Yeah. Well, it is, it's, it's a public yeah. high school. So I'll tell you the one time I've ever had a parent uh, really get upset and opt out, so to speak. And it was totally not what I expected because I taught, you know, for five years at a prep school. Uh, I was teaching an excerpt from uh, Ayn Rand. Uh, and the part of the excerpt was I am John Galt, which is basically uh, like Ayn Rand at her most like Ayn Rand. Yes. Uh, and it was it was this part where the guy goes in this long 30 page speech about uh, we are the smart people and you need us and you have taxed us and burdened us so much with supporting all of you that we have chosen non participation in you. And it was basically his like call to arms to tell 
all of the average people like we're out peace out like we're gone because you know you you've you've failed to accept that you that we're awesome and you depend on us right and i had a parent who uh who said and there's not a single offensive word in there it's like like it's not like huck finn where the n-word is in there or something and the parent called me up or he called the principal of the school actually who then contacted me who said i don't want my daughter uh reading ayn rand because I don't want my daughter to be exposed to someone who is so selfish, which is a noble reason to opt out. I, I, I agree. Ayn Rand personally makes my skin crawl. I think that she, uh, it's, it's, it's. I think it's normal parent behavior yeah, to want to protect your child. Right. Yeah, it's just you know her her writing is the kind of thing that sounds good in eighth grade until you realize that like. Uh, until you realize that like people are interconnected and it's in your best interest to help other people right. as well. But, uh, and, and so that was where I assumed what we would discuss, right? We would basically pick apart Ayn Rand and talk about why she's a nutbag, uh, or we wouldn't cause it's a Socratic discussion. Uh, but the parent didn't even want the kid to entertain the idea. So the offense wasn't with the word, the offense was with the idea. Right. Uh, and I don't know, man, like. This goes back to our story. I guess we should bring it back to the story. I don't know, like this trope of like, if you remove idea, remove words, you remove ideas. I, I am like 65% of the way there. I don't know if removing a word removes an idea. I don't think it does. You're sort of. No, I think the ideas are always there. And the just because the words aren't, uh, you know, the, so you think the ideas come first, and, the, and yes. the, you think the ideas come first, and the words come second? Uh, or the, they're really independent. You're always finding new words to express the same idea. That's to go back to to the term retard uh, or, or retarded. That is just the newest right. version of it. It before that it was mooncalf. Before that it was idiot. Um, you know there were mooncalf. That's a word. Yeah, actually that or was that, a word even longer ago. You know it was. <laughs> It was idiot. It was, you know, all of these kind of um, words to describe people with mental disabilities. The, you know, it has just progressed and it was a word that was normally used, but then people use it uh, as an insult to somebody else, you know, derisively. And so the people that it's actually supposed to represent uh, become offended that you're using this word to, to you know, that yeah. describes my child's mental state to denigrate your friends you know this is this is what's offensive and it doesn't matter what the word is so, there's always going to be a new word and so that's and i think that's why i'm only 60 percent of the yeah. way there is because the thing that makes the word offensive is not the word it's the way you mean it when you say it right mm -hmm. like if i just went around and started calling everyone a cowboy but I said it like, come on, cowboy. <laughs> like, I, I feel like eventually I could turn the word cowboy into a slur. Right. right? And then and then in 40 years, some organization would be like, hey, let's not use the word cowboy anymore. That's kind of offensive. Right. Uh, we'd really prefer you use the word person who works on a ranch. Right. Ranch and, hand. You know, and, and so I feel hand. like ranch hand. Right. And so I feel like that's why I'm not sure that this trope, although yeah. it's, a, it's a heavily used trope in science fiction and in sort of dystopian futures, I don't know if I believe it because I don't know because the offense is in the, it's, it's in it, the it's idea in the intonation. Right. 
Right. And, and, and I don't know if you can remove that idea. I mean, well, you, you also grew up in Texas. I can tell you, uh, I rarely heard the N word in Texas. I heard it a lot more in New York state, oddly enough, but I met lots of racist people in Texas. Right. Yeah. And, and they were racist without ever using a racial slur, like really legit, like racist without using yeah. a racial slur because, because they knew that that was not appropriate to use. But God forbid, you know, my daughter ever dated one of them. And you're just like, uh, I grew up in a smaller town, Texas, and it was used a lot. <laughs> so, oh, was it really? Yeah, I, I was seeing. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe we you were in the big city. In Richmond Rosenberg. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we got some culture in the in the in the uh, big city. My small city, I never heard of it at all. I was also grew up very sheltered, so, and we had people of all different colors and backgrounds in our neighborhood. And hi, this is Colby, and you are listening to After Dinner Conversation: Short Stories for Long Discussions. But you already knew that, didn't you? If you'd like to support what we do at After Dinner Conversation, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash after dinner conversation. That's right. For as little as $5 a month, you can support thoughtful conversations like the one you're listening to. And as an ad incentive for being a Patreon supporter, you'll get early access to new short stories and ad free podcasts, meaning you'll never have to listen to this blurb again. At higher levels of support, you'll be able to vote on which short stories become podcast discussions. And you'll even be able to submit questions for us to discuss during these podcasts. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being the kind of person that supports thoughtful discussion. My small city, I never heard of it at all. I was also grew up very sheltered, so... And we had people of all different colors and backgrounds in our neighborhood, and... So, so never, what do you think, Ashley? Do you think that removing a word removes the, the 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 sort of idea the way this story meant it that you know you remove the word retarded and you've taken away the offense the offensive part of it you remove the word christmas or easter and you've sort of no longer offended those of non-christian faith uh, do, do you think that this process could be helpful i guess is my question i, I think it comes down to like a respect issue because those that uh for just going back to the, the retard example, those with mental illness didn't want to have their term turned into a slang that was demeaning to right. people. So that's, I think, where kind of the uprising came. Don't call us that word. We are mentally handicapped. We are. Right. There's always a new term. Needs. We, you know, right. And it's, and it's a new term. <clears throat> and to kind of like elevate their status above that word. So yeah. by eliminating the R word, are you really. Um, I mean, how, how many of us still use that as a slang? I, I don't. I used to say it all the time as a kid before it was kind of outlawed right. or kind of, you know, the whole the whole image was 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 shifted. And it I think it just brought about knowledge like, hey, this isn't very nice. Like these right. are people that so this slang think? is used to, to this is was actually used to describe their their handicap or their mental state or their um so what do you think now? So let's say you're a 14 year old kid who sort of has had the word uh, retarded sort of removed from their working vocabulary just because their parents don't say it, their school doesn't say it. It's not, you know, uh, my, when I was reading this, I was reminded of the, the old and the new version of the Bad News Bears, by the way, uh. where like so many of the words have been oh removed. 
We uh, watched that movie. My gosh, I I sat there like wide-eyed, like I can't believe this was allowed in a movie. Yeah. I can't believe this was allowed in a movie. Now, now, was I offended by it? I was, the kids are saying racial slurs. I was more shocked by it because one, you'd never hear those terms anymore. I think it needs to become like an educational thing. Like Jeremy just listed all the other terms previously yeah. that were used for this group, and it makes you go, "Okay, as a society, we're just trying to put other people down." And right. so we're just picking on different words. That's what I That's want. never going to go away. I just want to, I, I want a word that I can put you down with that doesn't offend anybody. <laughs> like, I want to say, I, I, seriously, no, this is not a joke. So that's a great example. A why do we have I, to use derogatory terms to put some... some why do people, we have, I think, derogatory thoughts about <clears throat> Why do we have to pick on a group to, to yeah. put other okay, people so. down? That's a very valid point. Right. You know, so I, I, need, I need a word... That I can use to affect, but you don't want to bump the table. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I want a word that I can use to say that I do not prefer someone uh, that is stronger than the phrase, I do not prefer you, that does not uh, relate to someone's gender, to their sexual orientation, to their mental uh, abilities, to their physical disabilities, because I genuinely think like, hey, you know what? I don't want to offend people who, who have things that they're uncomfortable about, their weight, whatever. But I sure would like to offend you. And so I need a word that I can offend a person with that isn't like, doesn't well, have like splash. I got one for so, you. So let's bring it back. Let's oh, let's hear it. Right, Jerry's got one for me. You're Please. such a Colby. Oh, I like it. No, that's uh, all the other Colby's out yeah. oh, there. Oh yeah, 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 they yeah, would okay. like. Well, okay. So yeah. I'd like to bring that up. There's this whole don't thing. be a Homer. Don't no, be Homer's don't class. be a Karen. There was I, oh, that's I, I right. I did hear about that. People yeah. have been using be the, the word Karen to indicate a certain. My understanding is a white female that yeah. asks for the manager every single time. I that's did hear becoming about that. now a backlash yeah. because yeah. all people named Karen now not all. But there are some people that find that demeaning to someone whose name is Karen. Right. And uh, that's a great example of what's happening right now. Now, yeah. what I want to know, yeah. why you mentioned you want to say something to someone that is just super offensive to them. Yes, I want them to know. Why? That I <laughs> why can't you just say, hey, I really dislike you. Why do you need to offend them? Sometimes I want something that are fighting words. Sometimes I, sometimes I want to say something to someone that when they hear it, they think I should punch this guy because he has said something so offensive to me that because sometimes that must be I a feel, boy thing. Sometimes I feel that way about people. Oh my gosh! So, like sometimes I don't feel like you know. I think those were poor choices you made just now. Like that does not express <laughs> what I'm feeling inside. How much better would the society be if we communicated effectively then, rather than putting yep. each other down? Uh, That's what I'm getting at. What? That's what I'm getting uh, at. Now, I'm not disagreeing. There are definitely times when you just want to like slam it to the other person and yeah. make them feel horrible about themselves. But do you have to do it at the expense of someone else? I'm just saying. And if do I you have them, to do it to get a rise? Right. That's really yes. all you want to do is you want to get under their skin and get a rise out of them. I, when what does that? Yeah, I don't know. What's the outcome it, it, of it, that? It, it, no, now, 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 that's a different discussion, though. That discussion is, should I not, should I be more empathetic to other people? Like, like I'll give you an example. Uh, I, years ago when I lived in L.A., I was getting on a, a, a Southwest flight or something like that. I was at the very end of the line because it's Southwest. Everyone gets on and there's no assigned seating and whatever. Uh, and this lady walks up and cuts in front of me. Now, there's like a hundred people in line. I'm the hundred first person. And she cuts in front of just me, right? And, and I look to her and I'm like, 
let me guess, you're from LA going to Phoenix. And she's like, what? I'm like, because nobody from Phoenix would do what you just did. <laughs> and uh, because like only in LA would they cut in front. It's like only in LA that I ever have to knock on the door and be like, hey, quit doing cocaine in the bathroom. I have to pee. Uh, like I sometimes I, I think you're making bad life choices does not convey what I'm feeling inside. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. so the issue isn't, uh, the issue isn't that we, we have a lack of words to choose from is we don't have enough words that convey our frustration without putting another person down in a, in a, in a different context, yeah. in a different well, group. Uh, so we actually need more words. And I think, yes, and I think this words. is the, <laughs> and I think this is the thing that this story is really getting at. See, I tied that together. <laughs> I think, by the way, Jeremy, you're breathing a little bit there. You got to like sort that out. Uh, there you go. Uh, the, Wait, he's breathing? No, yeah, Jeremy, no, don't breathe. Don't, don't be such a Colby. Don't be such a Colby. Um, Hashtag don't be such a Colby. This you is, gotta not there's our trending. There you uh, yeah, great. Great. Um, I totally lost my train of thought. You guys got me. But you oh, brought it back, in a, you brought it back in oh, together. Yeah, so to bring, to bring it back to the story, I think that's what this story is trying to do and what this society is trying to do. They're not trying to re just remove words like the way we're talking about, like changing it from right. retarded to mental disability to idiot to whatever. They're trying to remove the emotion, right? If we strip away all of the words that express like when you're feeling level 10, then you won't feel level 10, right? Right. If we, if we, if we smooth out all of the roughest words, then we may smooth out all of the roughest thoughts. Um, that I'm actually a little more on board with, maybe, than just because I feel like the changing the words is just a bop a mole game. Right. Yeah, but you're still, it's still going to give a bigger rise, maybe not to the grandest of scale, but there's still going to be a smaller group that get offended to a 10 with that new word that well, comes up. Well, that's the part I don't know. Right? Like, I don't know. Do you think, Jeremy, like, I, sorry, I'm trying to circle it around because I know the camera has to jump back and forth here for us. Do you think, uh, if you remove all of the sort of words with rough edges that that another word just takes its place or do you think that um that it does start to remove some of the rough edged emotions i don't think it's going to remove the emotions because the emotions aren't based on the words they're based on the people you know and to a point yeah. bring it back to the story there there was the brief section where he's getting reviewed about his movie reviews you know uh and they're like, oh, yeah. Every, what's the message you're attempting to convey? He's like, I thought it was pretty clear. Yeah, I don't care for the film. It's my honest opinion. Uh, and they're like, well, you're too pessimistic. It's a third negative article you've written. And he's like, well, they just have to stop making bad movies. You know, that really yeah. isn't anything about the words he's using. They're, they're, they're really That's a great trying point. to not have negative emotions and thoughts. This is the Lego movie. <laughs> that everything is awesome. Oh, like every, yes. Where they have to live in a society where everything is good. And remember, he's like, he's like, I think, I think, I think I'm mad or whatever, because he doesn't even understand it because of society. You're right. That's what they're yeah. trying to do. Right. And that's why he has to write the five star music review for music that he couldn't listen to, you know, thinks is not yeah. good music. Yeah. Isn't that also like the Ryan Reynolds film that's supposed to come out where he just is like, this is just life. Like, this right. is, everything is good. Now, great, I haven't seen the movie. The movie's not out yet, but... Yeah. 
I, you guys, uh, I, I had another question for you, Jeremy, and I'm going to plug my laptop in because I apparently forgot <laughs> to while you're answering this. So take your time on the uh, answer. This will be one of our last ones. Um, oh, okay. So Ashley's going to do it. Never mind. Uh, so my question is this. Uh, do you think, have you researched this first off, but do you think that there are more or less words being used by the average person today than there were 200 years ago? Uh, I would say there are fewer words being used today than 200 years ago. Um, did you research? It I or did you not, guessing? but I'm guessing, uh, and it, it might be in, you know, the, the, the liberal education crowd 200 years ago, the ones that went to use university got the liberal education, you know, you didn't major in business. You just learned philosophy and, uh, maths and you just, you read, just books. read books. Um, yeah. They had a better vocabulary, but you, still, I mean, that was a different class to that. So not to steal Go a ahead. line from you, but I researched <laughs> this, and you are absolutely correct. They found that between – they, because, uh, you know, Google is indexing all of the books that have ever yeah. been written. Uh, and they also compared all of those words that were used in books to um, SAT vocabulary scores and all that. And they adjusted it for um, education so that, you know, college scores are compared to college scores and community college, yeah. community college scores and high school, to high school, all that. And when they did all this huge data set analysis, they found that across the board, everyone used and knew uh, between 1970 and today, about 25, 15, about 20 to 25 percent fewer words right. in their sort of working, functioning vocabulary. And then the articles I read were about why do we think that is? And one of the things is exactly what you said. Um, this idea that we just, we don't, we're not as literary as we were. Uh, and the other theory is, is that when, because authors want to be mass published authors, like John Grisham right. or something, they need to write in a mass publishable vocabulary. Well, didn't they say at USA Today is written at a fifth grade level? Yeah, fifth so, or sixth grade, all newspapers something are. Something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. All right, so one last circle around, and we'll call it quits so we don't go way over this time like we did on our last one. Uh, Jeremy, any last thoughts on this? Things that you wish you had seen that you uh, that you wish this had done or talked about or that you particularly liked? Uh, like? No, no the, I, I feel like this story is really too short to get to that. Um, it could have been longer yeah. and gone into a lot more uh, details and a lot more ideas. Um, but it, it's a solid start to something more. It's like eight pages of what 1984 did in 300. Right. Yeah, I agree. The, the only thing in this story that um, made me wonder, that like, kind of provoked my thought as well, was the fact that he decided to jump in and join the rebellion at the time when he did. It seems like everyone who has has been ostracized and is now like banned, and he's willing to give up his licensure and all this. So early on, it seems like in the rebellion, because it just seems like regulations just keep growing and growing. It's like he could he could have stayed in to be the liaison. Be the yeah, be the mole to keep leaking the information. But then again, the the regulations and the tracking have gotten so stringent. Um, you know, it's only a matter of time before he got caught. So he might as well go out on his own terms. It's, it's, yeah. uh, I wonder how far along they are in that process of the rebellion and, uh, where it goes from there. Like, why did he choose that moment to bow out from, from the writing community? Yeah. That was my complaint with the story. If I had any complaint, I liked the story in the sense that it was a, 
It was a very short version uh, of a very straightforward idea, right? We didn't get 35 pages to get us one question. And I liked that. Uh, the part that was frustrating to me, I agree, same thing, is I felt like uploading the old version of the dictionary doesn't overthrow the government. It just makes you an enemy of this people, right? Like it makes you an enemy of the state. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like, like this is chapter 0.05 of this story that's going to happen. And like you're, you're benched now forever for what, you know, for what probably isn't going to do much good. Um, I just wanted to know more about the rebellion. What else are they yeah. doing? Yeah. Are, are they just eventually going to pluck every single author out of the industry and then the whole system collapses because then no one's there to provide information? I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. At any rate, uh, hey, uh, thank you for watching After Dinner Conversation, the social distancing uh, edition. <laughs> uh, um, we always have a great time doing these. Please like, subscribe. Um, we've got a book out for sale right now, After Dinner Conversation Season 1. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, we also have a writing contest going right now. It's our third one. Uh, we get lots of great submissions. Uh, we are nearly done even uh, putting together Season 2. That's supposed to come out in August uh, as another book. Um, and thank you for joining us. Uh, oh, and let your friends know about this. Um, one of the statistics I read was something like 90% of the podcasts that people listen to, they listen to because a friend recommended it. Um, it's not like advertising really works with podcasts the same way it does with other stuff. So uh, if you do enjoy this, just shoot a quick email to a friend and be like, hey, I really like After Dinner Conversation. Uh, give it a listen. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can continue to spread the word about uh, having sort of relevant, intelligent-ish conversations and you'll learn not to be such a Colby. By the way, uh, if you want to be kind of like having this discussion as well, you yeah. also started up a Facebook oh, yeah. group. Yeah, we started up a, uh, a Facebook discussion group uh, because we're on Patreon. Uh, and so if you sign up for Patreon at Patreon backslash after dinner conversation, uh, then you get access to our closed Facebook group. And every week I host this discussion. So you could actually uh, have this discussion with other uh, readers who have read the same stories. It's like, it's like a virtual book club. Uh, we've got about half a dozen people right now that chime in each week. Uh, and it's only $5 a month to sign up on Patreon. It's not expensive. Uh, and so, yeah, I would love to have more people in that uh, Facebook group uh, doing this. So thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed listening to this, please like and subscribe. Uh, it helps us out a ton. You know, the vast majority of people listen haven't liked and subscribed, which means maybe it shows up in your algorithm, maybe it doesn't. So don't leave that to chance. Just go ahead and hit that button, and we'd sure appreciate that. And uh, that way we can keep doing what we're doing, and you're not left to the whims of some algorithm. Thanks.